What's up, folks? The holiday edition of Hitting the High Notes Jazz Talk. It is I am here. You can find me on the Twitterverse, uh, as long as it exists, Twitter at least, um, at Jazz High Notes. Um, uh, and we are here talking, you know, it is Monday, what is it, December 18th? Um, that doesn't sound right. December <laughs> 16th, I don't know, Monday, the day that the Donovan Mitchell plays against um, uh, the Utah Jazz for the first time in his career. Uh, got a lot of stuff to unpack there, and we'll do that in another episode because we already had something else planned today. I'm bringing on at Eric Sports. It is Eric Rosenthal. What up, Eric? How are you? I'm doing great. Happy Monday, December 19th. 19th, uh, <laughs> like, that doesn't sound right. 18th sounds wrong, but, you know, time is a flat circle, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, so like I'm, um, uh, you know, big, big drama—not a drama, but like uh, Donovan Mitchell was asked about playing in Utah uh, today, and he gave some comments and uh, a lot to unpack. Like I said, and uh, unfortunately, I just haven't digested it enough to really go into it. So I'm um, hoping on the next episode we'll get into that. But Eric, um, uh, first before we get into anything, you know, it is the holiday season. Um, I'm actually currently watching Home Alone while we're while, while wrapping presents here. Uh, look what you did, you little jerk. Um, what is your favorite Christmas movie? I'm going to give a, a controversial answer, and I, I want to okay. hear what uh, what the listeners think if this is a Christmas movie. I'm going to go Die Hard. Die Hard, yes. Die Hard is a great – that's a good um, – uh, somebody asked me that at uh, uh, my employment. He was like, like, what's your favorite? And, you know, my, my default is Die Hard because it is. It's controversy. Uh, people will, will argue to death if it is or isn't a, a Christmas movie, but they can't argue – you know, what they can't argue is that it is a great movie, regardless. So, um, you know, good Die Hard is a good, you know, welcome to the party, pal. So, you, maybe you're right. Maybe I should turn off Home Alone, this Home Alone crap, and watch Die Hard instead. Um, it's, it's, but, it, it's a great one. And, uh, we, you know, we, we can talk to Donovan Mitchell um, quotes and talks if you want, but it just, uh, what it tells me is it's a good thing they traded him because he, he was leaving for sure. He, he could. Yes. The second that, he could that, leave, he was. Yeah, that was um, um, the, the general censor on the summer, right? Like, is that uh, why the Jazz pulled the plug? Is because they knew that the longer they held on to Donovan Mitchell, uh, and we talked about this in the season all the time, like, it felt like the Donovan Mitchell trade stock was the highest it was going to be was when, was when the Jazz traded him. So, um, again, I mean, just one of those things. That, and, and who knows, he might he might leave Cleveland too, but that's a, that's a 2025 problem. Um, and we'll, we'll see that then. Um, but this is actually kind of like you actually had uh, tweeted me um, a few days ago, and you're like, "Hey, uh, I have I need to talk to somebody about some jazz trades." Uh, you know, it is, it is four days after the December fifteenth uh, deadline, which is when a lot of people who were signed in the off season are uh, eligible for trade. So trade deadline talk starts now, folks. Um, and so you're not a jazz fan, right? You're just you're, you're a, a a sports analyst. Yeah, just sports analyst. Um, I like to think about um, the NBA as a whole, and I think the Jazz are, to me, like possibly the most interesting team in the league right now from standpoint of like what they can do, what they should do, um, as the, the December fifteenth um, cross, and then January fifteenth is the next time where I think like I think everybody in the league, but LeBron James can be traded as of January fifteenth, I believe. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is a this is it's always interesting to like get a national perspective someone who doesn't you know you don't you don't follow the jazz exclusively exclusively so um uh, this is like something that has just been brewing your mind and now yeah the jazz have obviously a lot of assets right they have uh, a plethora of first round picks coming up they have some young guys on their roster they have some vets on your roster and so you want to explore how many trades um, are, are swirling through your head for this for this episode 
I, I'm ready to ship everybody on the jazz out. I want I want to hear your thoughts <laughs> as of, a, of a jazz fan, and I want to think uh, and and ask how how you feel, how you think jazz fans would feel, how you think Ainge is going to run the franchise about um, trying to make the playoffs. You know, the loyalty to you know Conley Clarkson, those guys, the new young guys that brought in. Just overall, like what what the vibe is there in Utah, what people um, think about the goals of this season. Um, we, I want to talk Victor Wembanyama and what you think about him. And I have some interesting questions, I think, about about him and comparative value and, and want to just explore, um, explore some of that with uh, someone who knows the jazz well instead of just uh, me speculating uh, <laughs> gotcha. out here in California. All right, so I'm, uh, you know, as uh, if Craig Bowlerjack is listening, buckle up because this is going to be like a three-hour episode now with uh, everything he just mentioned there. <laughs> um, and before we start, I do, I do want to apologize for people who listen regularly. We're still recording on Skype because I cannot, for the life of me, find my podcast recorder, and so uh, the quality of sound is a little bit worse. Uh, hopefully, it's not too bad, but um, it's, it's that's the problem with ADD. Is like I know I didn't like leave it at a train station or something. It's somewhere in my vicinity. I just don't remember where I put it. But <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> So speaking of jazz trades, like you said, you're going to trade everybody. And uh, honestly, I think, uh, you know, if you ask me today, I think everybody, you know, and that includes Lloyd Market and that includes uh, Walker Kessler um, is on the table because I think there's a price. Like it wouldn't be cheap. Like you're not, you're not giving up Lloyd Market just for, just for like, a, you know, expiring contract. You're not giving up Walker Kessler um, uh, unless you're going to get a, a good haul back. I mean, we saw what Danny Age got for Rudy Gobert. We saw what Danny Age got for Donovan Mitchell. Like it's not going to be cheap. So, um, but everybody's on the table. I like that. So, um, uh, can, can you give me your first idea here of what you're thinking? My, my first thought is is going after those Lakers picks. Um, the 2027 and 2029 first round picks that are, would be unprotected from the Lakers. And I just see those as potential lottery number one overall picks if you get lucky with LeBron um, potentially in the twilight years, Anthony Davis, he just got hurt. Was it two days ago or yesterday? He's out for a month or longer. Like, what, what's that going to look like when he's making fifty-two million dollars or whatever it is in twenty twenty-seven? So potentially out for the season again. Then, um, what are those picks going to look like? And what, you know, how valuable would it be to get those picks? And then also, you know, tanking yourself as the Jazz. Like, to me, if I was Danny Ainge, I, I would throw up after every win. And I would be sick to my stomach. And that's, I guess that's I'm talking too many things right now. But I think the basis we have to go back on is like, where do you value tanking the season, and how important is that? And where do you value like Victor Webinyana as a potential, you know, dr- a draft prospect before so we get Eric, to I'm those a, specific picks? Eric is a new listener to the podcast, sir, <laughs> because I, I I do throw up after every win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, for me personally, yes, I believe the Jazz. Uh, I have planted my flag on the team pro tank since the beginning of the year. And so what the Jazz have done right now is sort of my worst nightmare. Like, they're not great. Uh, they're good. They're, they're a really good team. And that's fine. But being really good doesn't really get you anywhere in the NBA. I've said it many times before. Um, uh, so where the Jazz are right now is actually really a really bad spot for me. The Jazz are going to – it seems like they're going to end up somewhere around 45 wins – possibly the fourth seed. I mean, you know, I said last episode that fifth seed is encompasses everything to being, you know, in the play-in, the fifth seed, the fourth seed, basically anything that amounts to 
a first or second round loss is uh, where I think the Jazz are going to be. Um, and in the year when you have not just Victor, you know, there's Scoot out there, there's the Thompson Twins. There's a lot of good prospects in that top five or six uh, range. Um, and, you know, I've been a proponent of getting the Jazz into that range. So um, moves to not only get worse this year, but also uh, fill the cupboard. Like you said, 27, 29 first round. They may or may not be lottery picks, right? They're so far out, you never know. But the Jazz already have, you know, their own picks in 27, 29. They had the Cavaliers picks in 27, 29. They had the Minnesota pick, um, uh, top five protected in 29. And the Cavaliers pick, their own pick. This is a chance to get four, four or five um, uh, draft picks in those uh, future years, too, to really fill the cupboard. And you're not going to use all those picks in that draft. But you, you can use those in packages to move up. You can use those in packages to get other players that hopefully by 27, the Jazz are a little more established. And then you have these um, future assets that you can go get um, uh, whatever disgruntled um, player can come to Utah to, to, to fit your team, you know? So I think there's a, a lot of value in those uh, 27, 29 Laker picks. Now that probably includes the Russell Westbrook contract this year, right? So mm-hmm. who are you? Um, uh, I mean, or, or is it, I mean, we've, we've been getting them with some, uh, rumblings out of the Lakers that maybe it's PR that they're not looking to trade Russell Westbrook anymore. Are those rumblings or um, do you think it's still a plan to try to get off the Western I th- contract? I think he's as good as gone. Like, I think they basically have to trade Russell Westbrook mainly because of just how the NBA contracts work. If they don't trade him, then they, it, I mean, he could walk or even if they resign him, like they don't have the ability to add dollar amounts of contracts that are high enough to improve their team. So if they, they get rid of him, they can make everybody a free agent but LeBron and, eight, and Davis. They get like $31 million of cap space and then can basically only sign minimum guys and maybe one uh, mid-level exception besides that. But if you trade Westbrook, you can take back up to like, I don't have the exact numbers with me, but up to like $55 million in salary and um, increase the, the payroll and increase your ability to acquire talent that way. I think basically you have they have to trade him, not only because he's a disaster three point shooter and some other stuff about the way he plays basketball, but because he's an expiring contract and they don't have a way to add salary and, and add great players unless they trade him for people with multiple years um, on their contracts. Like it's it just the way the CBA works, and I think that's a, an underrated part uh, of how this is going to go. Okay, and so uh, who who are the Jazz targets that you think the the Lakers would be really interested in? Because like they, they've been holding on to these two first round picks because it feels like it's their only like I think they've figured out that, that that's the only leverage they have in trades, and they've been trying to to do the protective pick route. They've been trying to do the one pick, not both picks route. Um, and the Lakers right now are somewhere in the you know they're also in the fifth seed of the West, right? Like the the little middle part. Um, and for the Lakers, like you have LeBron, you have AD. Um, the thought is that you have you have those two guys that if you can just get a little bit better, those two guys can lead you to a championship. And so, uh, what Jazz pieces are um, uh, you thinking the Lakers would be interested to to give up their that haul of twenty seven and twenty nine that they've been holding on to? So I think Malik Beasley basically has to be part of any deal, unless again, unless they're going to give up Markinen, which the Jazz. I see that as less likely, especially a Lakers deal. I think that'd be great for the Lakers to get him. He's been fantastic this year. He's a, another creator, another shooter that could be spaced around, spaced around LeBron and Davis. Uh, I think that would be ideal for the Lakers. I just think it's less realistic. I think some combination 
of Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, and then obviously depending on how the contracts work, how the trades work, other lesser pieces, is Jared Vanderbilt involved? Do you have to throw, I don't know, Azubuki in there just to make contracts work? All of that is, it matter, it's, matters, but it's not to me relevant, uh, really. The, the goal is, to me, the Jazz is to get worse and to get those picks, uh, whether you have to give up um, Jordan Clarkson or not, Mike, you know, Clarkson versus Conley, which one do you have to give up? To me, is less important than the chances for that those two picks, but I think the Lakers would be something about like Malik Beasley and Mike Conley, um, Malik Beasley, Conley, and somebody else. Um, that kind of trade makes the most sense. But if they really came down to it, I, w- I would give up market in if I really had to, but I would look to maybe move him somewhere else in a, in a different trade. Cause he's been just fantastic this year. He's got fantastic contract this year. Was it 16 and a half million, two more years after this for, I think 35 million is just incredible in today's day and age when, you mentioned Rudy Gobert, and he's on a $208 million contract. Um, so uh, Tobias Harris. Uh, Tobias Harris. Harris. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, so I, I'll, let me give you a kind of idea of What's here, yeah. where, I think, where I think Jazz fans, or maybe Jazz front off. Jordan Clarkson is an interesting piece because, you know, it's the last year of his contract. Um, he's on a, a fairly reasonable contract, maybe, maybe slightly, over, but he's played um, uh, as a primary, you know, in the starting lineup. Uh, for the first time in his career for a while at least like uh he wasn't uh he hasn't started for the jazz uh at all in his tenure really uh has played really well plus him uh, like there's a he's part of the good vibe tribe as they call him down here um uh he's just a, a good locker room presence and a good uh face of the franchise so there seems to be a lot of love for him from front office and um and fans especially so it'd be interesting to see where because like there is definitely value in, in trading Jordan Clarkson because you know, the, the Jazz aren't going to be a champion contender in 24, not even 25, 26, like 26, 27, 28 is where it starts to get really interesting. If you can put the pieces together quickly, 26, 27 is a good timeline for the Jazz to be, to be back in that contender spot, spot. And Jordan Clarkson doesn't seem to be that guy that makes a difference um, uh, in 27 for, for a championship contending team. Uh, Mike Conley, uh, another year on the contract. I know Laker fans really didn't like that, um, that, you know, he still has a 20-ish, like um, a million, uh, 20, 24-ish uh, guarantee next year. Uh, Laker fans want to get good players this year, plus clear the cap space to sign a free agent next year. Um, but Mike Conley is somebody that I think the Jazz could very well move. Um, he's a veteran guard. Again, not going to be, you know, he's 36. He's older than the, the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh Mike Conley, uh, it's interesting to see what they do because, yeah, he's not in that the long-term championship plans. Uh, but they're, I don't know, Jazz fans have some loyalty. Jazz fans want to see him go to some place where he can compete, and he's been in the league a long time, so you kind of want to give him that. But Danny Ainge also shows that, you know, loyalty doesn't really get you anywhere in the business. You you, you try to, you know, do what's best for your team. And as the businessman, I, 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 uh, I think that's a good thing uh, for Danny H to have. Um, Malik Beasley, I also thought preseason, I thought for sure he's going to be traded. Uh, looks like he's really acclimated very well to playing in Utah, coming off the bench. Uh, his his three-point shooting has been outrageously good this year. So it makes me wonder if you know giving up JC uh, or, or, or Conley and Malik Beasley um, and you know other things to make the salaries match 
to to get two future round draft picks. It's a it's a really good idea. Like if the Jazz decided today that they don't care about going for the fifth seed and they should playoffs, it's a good idea to get those future assets, get these guys out. Because again, Malik Beasley, he's not old, but um, uh, you know, he, he's a he, he's he's been around. He's a vet, and um, uh, he's going to demand some money. And is he going to be here in three years for when the Jazz are going to compete again? And uh, so I think those are interesting names that could move. Uh, it would be really hard pill for uh, Jazz fans to swallow. But if the Jazz fan office says, okay, cool, we've had a really good 33, 34-game run, but it's time to really focus on, on the draft, that's a good way to get worse. It's a good way for the Jazz to get worse and get uh, uh, future assets. Yeah, so it's interesting you say, and I guess one, one trade I would say is in the end, if, if it was up to you, the, the trade offer is might yeah, the Lakers offered two first round picks and Westbrook's contract for Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, and Malik Beasley, whatever, right, you know, does Kendrick Dunn have to be in there for salary match or whatever? Um, we don't need to get into that, but it's those three guys for Westbrook and those two picks. Would you pull the trigger? Uh, if I'm, if I, if I'm, that I'm definitely tanking. If I, if I decided, okay, cool, I've had enough wins this season, I definitely make that trade. Because it, it seems to me, if I'm Utah, my my only hope is to literally end the season on a 50 game losing streak. I want to finish. <laughs> I'm seven I, thirty through 32 games. I have 17 wins. I want to finish 17 and 65. That would right, be you're talking, the only thing that makes me happy. <laughs> you're talking my language. So, um, Wait, so I got, that's, a, that's a that's a trade to make the Jazz worse, right? So. Um, and, and to get future assets, that's a that's a pro tank trade. Uh, you got anything else in, in the in the uh, barrel there? Yeah, I just got to get. Here's my question on the tank. This is you know interesting debate. I'm gonna, I'm going to give you t- two questions that I think are interesting. Would you rather have Victor Webinyana or John Morant on your team? Ooh, that's that is interesting. Because um, John Morant is in this like. This tier that I think is like the like the Jason Tatum tier, where I'm like, okay, cool, these guys really could become the next, you know, Anthony Davis. They become the next Kawhi Leonard, you know. Um, Victor can become, you know, the next LeBron or Kevin Durant, like the, the, the different stratosphere. Uh, but the Jason Tatum, John Morant uh, tier is not this behind. But man, like I'm, uh, you can really uh, win. Uh, with those, uh, those guys are your number one on your team. You can win a championship. <sighs> Boy, like, do I want the ceiling? Because the ceiling of Victor is really high, but you don't know what the floor is. A um, lot of risk, a lot of risk. John Morant today or Victor Wembanyama as the number one pick? Um, probably Victor. There's probably only like two guys right now in the NBA, Luca and Giannis. That I'm like, all right, cool. These are the two guys I want ahead of Victor, just because of the ceiling. The, you know the ceiling is really high. Like if if I'm starting with a blank a blank slate, you know if everybody starts with a blank slate, I'd rather have. I think he could be the third best player in the NBA in the next four four years, and he could have a very long career being the best player in the NBA. So this this is what confuses me about the the Jazz's season then and their plans is okay. Let's just say I don't know. There's some uh, new ruling. The uh, the Grizzlies gave John Morant twenty million dollars under the table. They're not going to let him be a free agent, but they're like, we don't know what to do. We got to get him off the Grizzlies. He's going to be in the NBA draft. He's not. He's going to, and everyone knows it. I feel like everybody would tank so hard, knowing John Morant right now is going to be 
in the NBA draft. Whoever gets the number one pick gets them. They, I think people would freak out. I think the Jazz would trade everybody. They would try to go 0-82, so would a bunch of other teams. But you're saying, and what I would say too, is that Victor is even more valuable than that. So wh- where is the disconnect on if, in maybe my logic is flawed, but if Morant magically could get into the draft right now, everyone in Utah, every fan, everyone on every team would be freaking out. We need to just tank. We need to lose every game. But the guy who we think is even more valuable than that, who's a better, has higher upside in the draft, he's there. And it's just like, yeah, let's, let's go for the sixth seed. Let's go for the seventh seed. Let's try, try to win these I games think, instead of tanking. I first. think fans have a, you know, fans can be more risk adverse. Um, you know, a lot of fans came into this season thinking the Jazz were going to be really bad. So this season has been really fun for them because, you know, it's always fun to watch a team do better than expected. Um, you know, we, we've seen a couple of these jazz generations where, oh, like when Malone and Stockton uh, retired, the, the AK-47 jazz team was 42 or 40. That was a fun team to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, fans like, even fans who are pro-tank, like fans that, you know, I have co-hosts on here, I have people who I follow on Twitter, they are pro-tank. But when they're watching the game, they cannot help but cheer for the jazz to win. And I get it. You, you know, these are teams that, you know, they follow the laundry and they really care about their team. And that long, like the, again, the long-term goal of three, four, five years from now, that's so far away when the actual game that's being played right now is right now, and that gratification is, is hard to, it's hard to disconnect that gratification at, at in the moment. Um, you know, after, after the fact, they're like, oh boy, was that win really worth it? Or, you know, Jazz fans are now going, man, the Jazz are, are 17 wins and, you know, they're six in the West. Like, was that first, you know, 13 games worth it? Um, but it's hard in the moment um, without without looking at the four or five year view. And so there's a lot of I think mean, John Morant is sort of a known commodity, right? Uh, you, you know what you can get from him. You've seen it. You know he can get better. Victor Wembanyama, although that you know unless you're really following, you're watching every NBA TV game of his, you may not see. And there's a lot. Of, there's a risk. You know we, we we've seen them. Uh, Olawu Candies, Kwame Browns, uh, Anthony Bennett's um, play him out. Um, and so, you know, there it's a whole what what kind of echo chamber are we making for ourselves about draft picks and um, uh, if they if they do or don't pan out. So, um, yeah, I, I see I'm the a, Jazz just as like those two trades. What they got for Rudy Gobert was one of the biggest heists ever. <laughs> like it, it, there needs to be classes taught at that about that trade in colleges. There needs to be investigations into whether there was under the money table. There, there, I don't know what needs to happen, but there needs to be something about that trade. Um, and then what he got you know, for Mitchell was, was great too, knowing that they had to trade him. I just see like they have the potential to be, if they played it right, one day, if things go right, you make the right trades here of like sacrificing the now for, you could be one of the, the best teams ever in 27, 28, 29, if you wind up with a number one pick and then you have... 25 tradable first round picks where it's like, let's just say this off season, right? The Kevin Durant thing, for example, like the jazz easily had the assets to trade for Kevin Durant. Now they wouldn't do that for obvious reasons right now, but if you had Wemby or other players that were good and you have that level of assets in 2027, 2028, whatever you have a, a, a team at the level of last year's jazz, right? Where you're really good, not quite a championship team, um, but have that potential if things went right. And then you have 
14 extra first round picks unprotected from the Lakers, from the Timberwolves, from the Cavs, from all these teams, whatever if you could get for marketing and Beasley and Clarkson and Conley and trade Sexton, trade Walker Kessler, trade Jared Vanderbilt, trade everybody. Where you could do that, and then you could add that year's version of whoever That's true. Kevin Durant is, and the t- Kevin Durant of twenty twenty eight, the smaller trade where it's like you get the Bucks trading for Drew Holiday or the Bucks trading for uh, PJ Tucker that that helped them win a championship. Like I just see that as the path of like, well, if you build a team as good as the Gobert Mitchell Jazz, but then also have seventeen first round picks to trade, you could. You could be the best team in the league, the you know, a, the the KD Curry Warriors level of, of a team with, with one or two extra trades. So it, it, it does make me wonder because like so there's a lot of different because you know the fans obviously a lot of them want to win and that's I, I get it you know again I, I get I get they have the reason for winning and why it's important to fans. Danny Ainge probably is like he's 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 probably not super I don't know like, uh, let's assume that he's like okay they won a couple games more than probably we would, we would like but. He still has like this four or five year plan, and the guys that he was going to trade preseason are probably still guys that he's willing to listen to offers for. But he's he's probably still there. Him and Justin Zander are probably still trying to make deals, but um, you know it's, it's one of the things that you have to wait for all these other teams to have people that were tradable. Yeah, you, you know you said January fifteenth, everybody's going to be tradable in the league. So you know the trade deadline's in February. So there's a reason why we we see a lot of trades happen more in. You know, late January than we do in, in early December, just because there's a lot more ask, a lot more pieces are available at the time to trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm assuming that I hope, my hope is that Danny Ainge, if he's if his flag, if his flag is planted on the protein side as, as far as mine is, then he's got you know Mike Conley in 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 in, uh, in the trade uh, trade uh, block. He's got um, uh, Jordan Clarkson. He's got you know, four or five guys that he's like, yeah, these guys are, we're ready to ship them out. However, we're um, uh, waiting for other teams to have the right assets and for their, you know, prices to go up, go down. Because as they get closer to the trade deadline, teams like the Lakers, teams like um, uh, um, the, the Knicks, I don't know, teams that are like, okay, we can see a path for ourselves to a chance. Because nobody wants to trade just to get a little bit better. No, no one's going to make might. a trade. Yeah, they might, they might. But like the, the Lakers are going to make a trade to make them say, okay, now now we're a second round team. Now we can get into the playoffs. No, the, the Lakers are going to make a trade because they want to make a championship team. And so as we get closer to the trade deadline and we see what teams need, uh, what pieces, the Jazz pieces become more valuable because they're like, okay, yeah, we do need those guys now because you know Mike Conley does put us over the top. Uh, where right now, like the Lakers might get Mike Conley, but it might be too late. Um, because of the injuries and everything, so um, I think that I think the waiting game is kind of what um, is happening, which is frustrating for me as a fan because I hate being where the Jazz are right now, right here in the middle, right here in the fifth seed. Um, but do you have a trade that I'm a, you know may, maybe I'm wrong? Maybe Danny Age is going, hey, wow, this team is a lot better than we think. We have a lot, of, you know, Lloyd Markin is 25 years old, Sexton is 23 years old. Like we actually have the pieces right now that we can build around. Um, now it's time to, you know, we have these assets. That strike. Do you have any uh, trades in that in that sense? The one guy I think, and again, I wouldn't do this. And I I wouldn't find it interesting to be honest to, to do this. But a guy I think you could look for would be um, like Zach Levine, okay. where he's talented. Things aren't going well in Chicago. He's young enough that there could be a bright future in there. They they could be looking to trade him, and then you have you know. 
pieces in like Levine and Marketing that you could build around. You need g- great defenders in the style of Rudy Gobert and whoever um, that's going to be to build around them because they're you know, two mainly offensive players, especially Levine, just pretty brutal on defense usually. But uh, that's one one guy I think the Jazz could target, and they obviously have the assets to do that um, because of everything they got for Gobert and Mitchell um, and their own stuff. I, I think that's one guy you could target. Who, who are you looking at um, in those sort of trades? Well, Levine's interesting because Levine's a, is he a he's a former All Star, right? He, or he's been very yeah. close. Like he's explosive. Um, uh, like Levine's stock has fallen this year because of his play this year and injuries. But man, two years ago, last year, Levine was looking like you know he's 25, 26. He's 27 right now, but he was yeah. looking like um, uh, you know he was he could be one of these great East Eastern point guards. Um, a perennial All Star. Um, him and Donovan Mitchell were, were kind of on the same path. Uh, yeah, Levine. Um, uh, he's got he's he's offensively offensively talented. It's funny that we're gonna pair because didn't Markinen and Levine like didn't Markinen get drafted when Levine was there, right? Yeah, they they, they uh, were yeah, there. So. They were there together. They're part of the same trade. They're part of the same trade. Yeah, yeah Levine came from the Wolves and started marketing. So, um, put them together again. Levine's another like that's that is a interesting name. Uh, one that gets thrown on here a lot in jazz time is John Collins, right? Um, uh, but I, I'm assuming that these are similar packages you're gonna have to give these teams draft picks and young guys like what are the hawks what are the bulls looking to trade away collins and zach, zach levine so my question with collins is like where i mean it's true with levine too I, I wouldn't do it but i think it's a more interesting like where where does john collins get you like the hawks you know are they have talented players around them all-stars close to you know in in murray and, and trey young and they're 15 and 15 collins you know barely gets the ball um where does john collins like get the jazz at all versus i think levine you could see like okay marketing's 25 levine's 27 we have two excellent offensive options and we could see a path to like a building like building around those two guys potential you know playoff potential championship team with them um again i wouldn't do it but i don't i don't see john collins in utah personally like yeah i mean there's there's a, there's a lot of debate like i'm a john collins play style if he fits but there, he, he's he's very athletically gifted like i really wanted john collins on the jazz last year the jazz could have figured out mm-hmm. a way to go get john collins last year and pair him with rudy and donovan man i would feel good about this team. yeah um but collins and marketing levine and marketing I'm a little more bearish on, and mainly because I don't know if Markinen is who I want to be my number one, or if those guys be number my. Those are all like really good high level number two guys. Problem is, I, I wish there was a, a number one Donovan Mitchell with them as well, you know. Um, and and but again, like this is this is me talking about. Even though I wouldn't do it personally, there there's a path that maybe Danny Ainge, you know, people who are smarter than me make more money than me, and say, yeah, you know, we believe Larry Markinen can be a number one guy. We believe that if we pair them with Zach Levine, who's 27, all of a sudden this team becomes, you know, a future contender. Like maybe they're one piece away. Maybe Colin Sexton becomes that another piece, and then all of a sudden you have a draft pick come, you know, a couple of draft picks coming in. Like you can really build your roster right now with somebody like Levine. Or uh, so, what do you think um, uh, the Bulls want for Levine? I mean. I- the question is: Are are they going to just start start tanking? Their pick this year is top four protected. They're, they're, it's strange, yeah, yeah. but they're right. eleven and eighteen. It's a disaster. 
they might be 11 and 21 by the time some people <laughs> hear this uh, podcast. Like, I think that would just basically be um, something like Colin Sexton in picks. Um, you know, a young guy for the Bulls to get back to have for the future. He's a bit younger if you're going to rebuild. He's 23. Um, also, the, the number is you know 37 million. So it had to be something you have to get money in there, whether it's Taylor Horton Tucker, Rudy Rudy Gay, but THT and Rudy Gay like is that appealing to the Jazz at all? Like THT is you know he's 22, but is that a guy you want to build around? You watched him. I, I watched him when he was here in LA. I have no faith in his ability as a successful NBA player. Can't shoot. Rudy 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 Gay. He's 36. He's probably going to take his player option at 37 next year. You know, I'm sure he's a a great locker room guy and you know has a lot of knowledge, but he's not doesn't help you win basketball games in 2023 or 20. Uh, yeah, 2024. Rudy Gay is Rudy Gay locker room presence. It depends on what year. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so next year, uh, I believe THD has a player option, right? So yeah. It's interesting because they have 37 million. Um, you can probably, yeah, like you can get there with Sexton, THT. THT is interesting, uh, but with the with um, how uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker's son, um, uh, how he's been playing lately has shown the Jazz like they have other options at back and point. Like, uh, THT for the first 15 games really turned a lot of um, the heads here in Jazzland because uh, of how well he played and. He, he's he had he does have his faults, but as a backup point guard, not too bad. Um, but if you add his contract, yeah, like I think Rudy Gay, um, Rudy Gay is something that a lot of Jazz fans want off the team. Um, again, you know, it's part of his, partly it's because of his age. Um, you know, you, you open the door for young guns to come in. I you get Zach Levine out of it. Zach Levine out of it. Uh, Rudy Gay, THT, and Colin Sexton, maybe one of our picks this year. Um, Maybe a future protected pig, maybe you know a couple sweeteners, second round picks, whatever. Um, if, if you can get away with Sexton, uh, THT Gay, and one of the lesser round picks for Lax, Zach, why keep saying Lax Levine? <laughs> Zach Levine, that's a pretty good trade, in, in my opinion. If you, if you think the Jazz have the pieces to make a run, um, right now, so, I got um, I got one more name for you, and okay. it would never happen for a thousand reasons. But you know who could be interesting for them to get is Carl Anthony Towns. If the Timberwolves <laughs> went, you know what? These two seven footers, it's not going to work. We we can't build around uh, having two seven foot guys at power forward and center. We, we got to get rid of rid of one of them. Um, obviously, they, there's just no way they could get fleeced by by the the Jazz after after the, the Gobert <laughs> trade, but. I feel like that would be an interesting guy for the the, the Jazz to take if, if they're like, I guess we gotta build around Edwards and Gobert and not build around and not not have Towns there too. Uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> like so Tim Connolly, the 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 Wolves GM, right? I think they have a sign on his desk that if Danny Ainge calls, he's not allowed to pick up the phone anymore. <laughs> um, so so Cat is an interesting uh, study because like. He's a former number one pick, multi-tim all-star, you know, all NBA center. He's always like been there, but like, I mean, how long was he in Minnesota and they just never made the playoffs? You know, then they paired him with Anthony Edwards and they they got to the first round. They they really wanted to make this work, you know, with Rudy Gobert. They bought him in. Um, like Rudy Gobert is, you know, he, he's an interesting skill set to have on your team, uh, but you really do have to like build your team around Rudy Gobert's skill set. He just doesn't fit with everybody's 
Like they, they thought, you know, with Cap playing on the outside and it'll give Cap some uh, um, leeway on defense. It's interesting because I, I don't I don't know how Minnesota feels about Cap. Uh, you know, like is, is he is he like the Al Jefferson? Like Al Jefferson was a player that player people loved, fans loved until he was on your team, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, whoa, okay, so he's got some major flaws that you don't see in the box score. Um, and what what are Cap's flaws that we don't see in the, in the, in the box score? Like is his defense, you know, sabotage? Like I mean, at the beginning of the year, it's uh, horrible. Yeah, Will says um, uh, we're. <laughs> Wolves fans are like they they still don't know what to do with Cat, you know, their number one pick. So some guy that they have really loved for the past, you know, for first five, six years, but the longer you're with the team, the more your flaw if your flaws continue to to uh, pop up every year, fans will turn on you very quickly. And it feels like the Minnesota fans have turned on Cat and it makes you wonder, like he's a he's a good player. Um but I wonder if he's a guy that you can build a championship team around. Now is, is you know, having Cat and Laurie uh, you definitely you need, need um a uh, uh, Walker Kessler Ranger there or Kessler Walker Ranger <laughs> to really um, step up in, in defense and, and and get some. But I can see it. I mean, it's, it's a star. I, I, this is sort of the Zach Levine thing. Young enough. I mean, if you're really going to go for it, uh, this is you know maybe he just needs a change of scenery. He obviously played in Minnesota, so the cold doesn't bother him. But, yeah, um, he's under contract. For, he he. Has a player option in 27-28 for sixty point six million. That yeah. <laughs> probably are already yeah. asking if he can accept that uh, player right. option right now. How but, um, how this is how this is working out in my head is Danny Ainge or Kevin Costner's on the phone uh, calling Danny Ainge. He's like, you know what? I want my I want my picks back, all of them, for for Carl Anthony Times. You know, um, uh, another draft day reference. If, if they make another draft day, they need to make it um, uh, NBA with a uh, Danny Ainge at the trade deadline. Doing stuff. That's that's gotta be what the new draft day movie is. But um, yeah. what do you think? What do you think the Wolves are gonna want back? You know, because you know they, they it does look a little bleak for them. They're they're they, they want to make a longer run in the playoffs, and they they they, they don't want to go through the play again. And it looks like they might not be a top four team in the West, which they thought they were going to be. So they might not even make. Uh, like I think they will, but they might not even make the play in. Like imagine the <laughs> imagine the scenario if they miss if they miss the playoffs. They're fifteen and fifteen right now. The Warriors are in, in Dallas, are but you know t- Dallas is high with them. Warriors are be- behind them by a game. Look, they could easily miss the play-in or be at the bottom of the play-in and then be in the lottery. If the Minnesota Timberwolves lost enough, and then the Jazz, the, the Jazz have their pick this year. Correct? I, I mean, I'm almost positive, but I just want to double check with you. Uh, yes, they, they, the Jazz, like, like the, 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 the situation you're describing, a lot of people just got hard-ons in Utah, <laughs> um, uh, listening to what you're describing here. Uh, well, I, I don't know how I feel about <laughs> causing that. Uh, you know, hey, what, you know, I guess, I guess that's, I guess that's something uh, I, I can, I can brag about or whatever. Yes, right. But, uh, your profile. Yeah. Um, but that happening, that missing the playoffs, and then. Winning the lottery and the Jazz getting that pick would officially make the Gobert trade by far the worst trade in the history of sports. People's heads roll. <laughs> People would get fired so fast. I mean, the, I, I I would feel bad for the Minnesota fans. Like they would burn down the house there. Um, that, that's yeah, one reason to try to win if you're Utah is just to stay stay one spot ahead of Minnesota to, to make them miss it. That's win that's the lottery. Also, that's the other problem is that like. Jazz count on Minnesota. I mean, 
you know, my co-host would, one of my co-hosts would say, you know, Minnesota has a history of being bad. So let's, um, uh, let's bank on that history. But um, I think with Minnesota, again, when, when we get past the trade, like, we'll see the teams that are tanking start to tank. Teams like Minnesota with no reason to tank are going to just win enough games. Like they're, they're going to try hard. Like even if it's a play-in, they have no reason to miss the play-in. So they're going to win enough games to at least accidentally get into that play-in um, is my thought. It's a nice fantasy. Uh, I people who are looking at that Minnesota pick going, oh my god, that, that the Jazz could have two lottery picks if they can play that right. I appreciate their uh, their optimism, but um, uh, already the the Jazz, the Jazz draft picks that you know just a month ago was the worst of Houston, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia. Brooklyn and Philadelphia were looking really rough for the first ten games. They bounced back pretty pretty well. Uh, I think Minnesota is on the same path. They're going to bounce back, and so. The Jazz will probably end up with picks 18, 20, and like 22, something like that. So Okay, so here's um, the plan. I got, I got the plan, man. Okay. You trade Jordan Clarkson to the Timberwolves okay. with the quiet understanding he's going there to sabotage the Timberwolves. <laughs> and then he declines his player option. He'll come back next year, sign a contract. But he right. intentionally misses, ruins the Timberwolves, has the at pick be better? Jazz get Wemby, and right. uh, Clarkson comes back and uh, and and plays with him uh, next I, year. I love, That's the plan. I, I I love that we have a sleeper cell um uh, uh, trade on here. Like okay, sneakily trade these guys over there to, um and yeah, it's interesting. Like Cat and Will be able, so those are definitely some win now moves. There's also the 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 obvious tank move is the Lakers, but you know I, I wonder if the Lakers are. Looking at that, because the Pacers are another team that were, was interested in, in that those two picks, right? And mm-hmm. they've done the same thing to Jazz. They, they've, uh, I think they've actually done a better job at the Jazz um, I gave, uh, with a better record, I should say. Um, I'll look at that up right now. But, uh, I mean, the Pacers are nine, nine in the East, 15 and 16. They're doing better than a lot of people thought, too. But the Jazz, the Pacers are in that, in that area. We're, we're going to see which... Uh, we're going to see which team or teams are going to decide, okay, cool. We're, we're done being at this 500 level. We need to either drop down and make that trade with the Lakers or move up, you know? Um, yeah. Nah, I just, man, to me, it's just like, or what, what else? I mean, may I have probably a, a California Lakers bias here. What else? Um, what are the targets? Are there any teams picks that you go like, I have, I have a strong feeling that the reason Gobert was sent to Minnesota and Mitchell was sent to Cleveland is tell me if you think this is a crazy conspiracy theory you think this other people think this there was the Knicks potential for Mitchell I don't think he was ever trading him there I think he wanted unprotected picks from cold weather Midwest cities and he was like (laughs) no free agents are going there people are going to want to leave cold weather Midwest cities that's the plan uh, again, maybe that's crazy. It's that's what I think. There. It's somewhere between the moon landing was fake, <laughs> and Avril Lavigne is actually dead, and there's a there's a uh, actress playing her now. It's somewhere between those two uh, conspiracy <laughs> theories. And, and you know, like like the thing is that like when when all of a sudden then we we heard what the New York packages were, we saw what the Cleveland package was, and we talked about this. Well, not you and I, but talked about this on my podcast. But we talked about how the Cleveland one is interesting because. They've got some young talent there. They've got Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland. If that all meshes together in the next few years, that's going to be interesting in 2025 because I think we all know that Donovan Mitchell's heart is in New York. 
But if New York doesn't get their good game together by 2025, like if Cleveland is in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals in the next three years, I don't know how Donovan Mitchell says no because they they don't need Cleveland right now doesn't need big free agents. They've got four guys that they uh, can contract control for a while. Can, can I give and, you a a great reason on, on why he could leave? Why this little team called the Utah Jazz had the best record in the league multiple times, right? <laughs> yeah. Or at least in the West. And right. he was like, get, get my ass out of here. Well, so I, mean, I could the, see everything's fine and dandy right now right. in Cleveland. But you have a, a second-round exit, a third-round exit. You're a free agent. Yeah. I mean, the I mean, history I mean, with Donovan Mitchell is like, get me out of Utah. And I could easily see, get my get me out of Cleveland right now. For any Jack- cast fan listening, that, that's, a, that's a possibility. There's a possibility of that, that happening. So um, that's, that, is, uh, that is up there. I will say that because uh, – like, you know, we've seen it even when he got traded to Cleveland. Utah fans were reading, like, his uh, comments about, like, oh, I, I like Cleveland, and we'll see about New York. Da, da, da. And, like, we, we all knew what the undertones were. Uh, the Rudy Gobert thing is interesting because they traded to an, an in-division, which I, I guess divisions don't really matter in the NBA, but rival. Um, they obviously thought that, I mean, the package was so good that they thought, yeah, like, like they, they didn't get anybody close to the level of Rudy Gobert back in that trade, but they got a lot of young guys and – a lot of interesting uh, hustle pieces. Um, and yeah, like Minnesota, again, Minnesota does have a history of just really, um, uh, you know, having bad seasons. So um, outside the Kevin Garnett years. So that's interesting. The, the, I mean, it could be. Um, and obviously that's why the Jazz really wanted to push some of those tricks, uh, those, those tricks, those uh, picks. Uh, like the Jazz didn't even get a 2023 pick from the Cavs. They went and got 25, 27, 29. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, three of those picks could be outside the, the Donovan Mitchell New York range. So, so here's um, the question then. Here's the question for you. You you yeah. can pick. You can let's just we can call it Malik Beasley, Conley, Markin, and Sexton, yeah. whoever. You can trade them. You're gonna get unprotected picks. I don't know. You're gonna get an unprotected 2028 20, first round pick. You can choose any team in the league that you're getting that pick from. Give me the top team, or give me a few teams that you're like. I want their 2028 20, first round pick. You can choose anybody. Who's it gonna 20, be? 2028 pick. Yeah, which team are you like? I want it's that. Gotta be, it's got to be somebody who I think is volatile, like the Phoenix Suns. Really good right now, right? Um, but in five years, I mean, you no know, Chris Paul going to be there. DeAndre Ayton drama, Devin Booker's like so someone like that, right? Who's good right now? Um, that I think you know, Brooklyn, obviously, but you can't get Brooklyn's pick. Philadelphia, like who knows what's going to happen with them in, in in four or five years? Teams that are good now, because like I feel like I'm a. Know the way these works. Like, if you can't um, Denver, if you can be Denver's twenty twenty eight pick, um, uh, I'd be interested in that. Uh, you know, Jokic, the, the Denver Nuggets have the two time reigning uh, MVP, but they don't always look great. And who, you know, Jamal Murray, like, I don't know how they're going to. They're at a point where how are they going to get better? Um, besides um, uh, picking up uh, picking up um, uh, a, a great middle level exception guy or trading Jamal Murray, you know. Um, so the, it's interesting because those are teams I think that could easily send those picks out to yep. you, like team, real teams like Phoenix. They have their issues with their owner, but they have all their all their future picks. They would like a win now move. You know, they have they have to trade Jay Crowder. Things can get more interesting and, and bigger in a deal. Um, Denver, I think they have a pick in the future they can trade. They would love to try to win the championship now if they could get a piece um, that could help them. Uh, and if, if those are the, the top teams you're targeting of anybody, right, rather than Houston, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, 
Um, I, w- I wonder what you think about the Lakers pick in there and how you'd compare them at, to the top of the league. I think it's, it's just weird because it's L.A. They have LeBron now, the Davis contract, mismanagement. Right. So the, you're talking about the Lakers 28 or the Lakers 27 and 29? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to group them all together. You know, 2028 yeah. versus 2029, how can we predict which which year will be good or bad? Well, be like, like for the Lakers, right? Because I think the 25 only... is, is in the New Orleans trade, right? So the reason 27 and 29 are yeah. brought up is because those are two assets. If yeah. you trade the 28 pick away, then all of a sudden the 27 29 are tied up because of the CPN rule, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they can't, they can only trade the 27 and 29. Um, so, yeah. I'm saying, like, how do you compare those? Like, where do those rank? You can pick any team's 2027 and 2029 picks. Yeah. How, so, where so are the Lakers I, to you? I would, say, I would say somewhere. Like, I'm a, a team that, uh, like, really with some volatile uh, – they didn't have to be – like, the Lakers are more volatile right now. Um, the Lakers also do have a built-in advantage over the Nuggets. And uh, who else did I say? The Nuggets and uh, um, Phoenix is that they're, the Lakers totally. will always be a free agent destination. Like free agents are gonna, you know, the next, uh, let's say, let's say it's uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. decides he's done being John Morant's um, uh, second banana in 27. The Lakers will get a meeting with Jaron Jackson Jr. No matter how bad they are, whatever, they're gonna get a, uh, they're going to get a, a, a free agent meeting with them. That's just, it's the long and short of it. That's how it is. You know, in LA, it doesn't matter. Anyway, they, they got, they got free agent meetings with Lamarcus Aldridge, right? They got free agent meetings. Um, with LeBron and Kevin and all those guys. Ke- Kevin didn't they're... show up. Kevin didn't come. Oh, he didn't actually, come? Well, yeah, so that I was mean, the one. Everybody else, you're he, right, though. Yeah, he's he's well, he's <laughs> on the table, right? Like Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Durant, you, you know, Danny Ainge calls from Utah. He's not asking for a free agent meeting. Yeah, so, um, sure. you're gonna get those. You're gonna get whoever the next big guys are. You know, the next Lamarcus Aldridge, like whoever those guys are in that market, the top tier free agents, they'll talk to LA, uh, and that's to say built-in advantage for being uh, in that market. Um, so, yeah, so the, those ones, they're interesting to me now uh, because, like, even if the like even if they, they don't try to be lottery picks, again, if you have four or five picks in the same draft, you know, like, you, you have the ability to really move those around in other ways, you know, package them with other things um, to get uh, better assets uh, in, in those drafts. So, they might be lottery picks, but um, it's, it's not what I'm expecting. Uh, it's more that I'm you're taking a shot that you're hoping they're gonna be bad, but just having them in your back pocket is good for like, oh hey, yeah, Kevin Durant is, is disgruntled in Brooklyn. Oh boy, Brooklyn might give him away for three future round first round picks, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be a Kevin Durant level; it could just be Jamal Murray level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be um, Demonte Sabonis level. Um, you know, guys will come open and teams are going to be like, yeah, we, we, you know, that's just like the Jazz. The Jazz were asset depleted in the Donovan and Rudy era. Um, if, man, like it just, if the Jazz just had more assets and could have paired uh, a John Collins, just somebody else to be that third person and, you know, somebody just a little bit above Bojan Bogdanovich's level um, with that team, with but they, they had given up all their assets to get Mike Conley. So, mm-hmm. Too much bias Lakers talk on, on here, I know for sure now. But <laughs> I, I just really think, like to me, the Jazz should scam the Lakers for those picks, do whatever they can. Look, everything you said is true about the Lakers, for sure. But 2015, the Lakers had the number two pick in the draft. 2016, yep. the Lakers had the number two pick in the draft. 2017, the Lakers had the number two pick in the draft. 2019, number four pick in the draft. So it's like, 
back to back to back years, number two, number two, number two, two years later, number four. It's like, man, it's true about the Lakers, but also who's had higher draft picks? Maybe the Cavs with their number one picks. But besides that, who's had higher picks recently? The buddy, NBA. buddy, buddy, buddy. I tried to give you Mike Conley and uh, Malik Beasley and, and these guys in the offseason for your two first round picks and take what's uh, rest of your hands. And you, Scott, you hung up the phone on me. <laughs> and so um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, who's who's the Lexus GM right now? <laughs> is it Rob, Rob, Rob Polinka? Is it still Polinka? Yeah. Sorry, Polinka. I, I tried, you know, because <laughs> it sounds like the Jazz had an offer out there for Lakers and the Lakers said no. So. You know, we live in a different world uh, than we did uh, two months ago. I don't know. Like, I, I think that offer, like, if, if, if the Lakers came to the Jazz, I mean, that, that offer's still on the table. But now, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if you're a Lakers fan or if you cover the Lakers. But is that a move that you think the Lakers go, okay? Because it sounds like they, they were really hoping that they could get a move that made them, like, a favorite in the West. I mean, I, I, I think, I think Beal is extremely realistic for the Lakers. No one's talking about it. But I think... He's very much on the table, and I think if I had to pick any deal that happens, it's that deal. But if I'm Utah, like I, I tell you, I say take who you want. I'm betting on the Lakers are gonna suck in 27 and 29. I want, I want all in on Lakers. Rob Palinka screwing things up in the future, and I, I want all in on those picks. I, I'm overpaying for the. Like, it sounds strange, but I'm gonna overpay for those picks if I'm the Jazz to like get me. The chance to bet against the idiocy of Rob Polinka as much as I can, <laughs> and the the, Laker, the Lakers in the future. I, I just want I want all in on that. Uh, I, 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 I see a I'm great pro, future I'm, with the Jazz. I see a really I, fantastic pro, future. Yeah. I'm pro tank trade. Like the, that, that Lakers trade that uh, that you put out there. Like I think that's fine. That, that's that's proper amount because you know the Jazz were trying to get because I, I think the trade was something like Boyan Bonovich. Mike Conley, maybe this is something, right, to get those guys, but, um, you know, and Jazz has got the time because they're like, oh, well, Boyan's worth a first-round pick by himself, and it turned out that he wasn't. Um, <laughs> did they even get a second? I don't think so, right? No, they did not. They got they got Kelly Olenek out of it, and, <sighs> I mean, you know, it, it was a move that, you know, if it, 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 if you're going to be a contender, that's a good, great move to make. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know what the Jazz were doing with that trade, but, um, but the thing is, that, like, again, the Lakers kind of Locked at you know getting Boyan and Mike Conley and whatever else other, other piece that was involved. Um, Mark it into the guy then, right? Would you let him go? I mean, he's been fantastic. It, I really think he's been incredible. I, I love watching him play. For, see, if I'm training marketing, I kind of want to get maybe not SGA, but like I, I want something. I want a young player back. You know, like because Marketing 25, and he's he's played at an All Star level so far this year. And while I think he's a great second or third banana on the team, uh, the way he's played, if I'm training him, I you know picks are nice, but you know if I'm really resetting, um, I I, I kind of want somebody that's young and interesting, Jaden Ivy from the the Pistons, uh, so somebody that got drafted this year or this draft that looks really good. Um, uh, what do you think, Dyson Daniels in uh, from New Orleans? Dyson Daniels, like New Orleans. Gosh, I haven't watched. Like- I mean. Okay, it's, just, it's a trade where I'm like, okay, the Pelicans they got this took Daniels right. number eight. He's looked really good, but they could they could win the championship this year with Zion yeah. and that and team. If you added Laurie to that team, like they could actually win. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just, like number eight, yes. and then yeah. if you if you number eight and a bunch of picks, yeah, I'd do it. 
because like, again, that's that's the right direction. Like, yeah, you're training Laurie Markkinen, but me personally, if I'm Danny Ainge and I and my feelings are I don't believe Laurie Markkinen is the number one on a championship team, but Dyson Daniels has a shot at it, and I get you know maybe I get the Lakers pick, maybe I get two other picks that New Orleans has, um, you know, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that that's that that is one that I'm interested in Laurie Markkinen, uh, but. Just picks for marketing, probably not what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 25. I think he's 25. Fair. He's young. Yeah. So yeah, but and... I mean, the, the, those old again, if the Lakers want better than Mike Conley, who has two years on his contract, and I mean Malik Beasley, I think is is, is a fair uh, fair piece to add to that. Um, you know, maybe like I, I don't know what the money Clarkson. is, like Clarkson. So um, uh, you know, if that's if that's something that the Lakers think they they can do to make this LeBron AD team better. And I think it does. I don't know if it makes him a championship contender, but that's a team, or that's a uh, a trade I think if the Lakers are willing to make, I'd be okay with that because the Jazz, you're giving up production this year, obviously. But, you know, again, this year should not mean anything. You, you shouldn't care about the fifth seed as a Jazz, as a, as a, as a issue of the Jazz. And if you're going to go pro tank and try to get, again, if you don't get victory, if you get a top five pick, top six pick, you can probably get a, a, a really good player in that John Moran, Jason Tatum uh, area. So, yeah. I mean, look at Mitchell. Uh, it took Mitchell, what, 12th, was it? Uh, 13th. 13th, yeah, and, and he was fantastic. So uh, I think they've been great drafters. I mean, they, they've done a fantastic job. Um, well, they, they hit two home runs in the draft. They yeah. Then they drafted um, uh, Dok, uh, Yudoka Azubuki. So, you know, that's... It's kind of hit and miss <laughs> hey, yeah. I, I haven't. I, I don't know what's going on with him at all, to be honest. No, he's nothing. Nothing's going on with him at all. They they bought him back and they're gonna let him go. So, <laughs> ta-da, that's that's all you need to know about you. Look at Azubuki. They yes. it, it hurts Jazz fans because um uh, uh they they passed on Desmond Bain who oh was like it was one pick was yeah. it one pick later? Am I am I Two, way three off? Picks, three picks, picks later. later. Desmond Bain went thirty. And Dokeman twenty seven and Bain oh. seemed like a perfect fit for that Jazz team. Now, if you, if you told me that Jazz had Gobert, Donovan, and Bain last oh. season, I think I'm a. I think as a Jazz fan, I was like, yeah, run it back because you at least had. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so this, this, that's a. Uh, and um, uh, we just um, uh, killed all those hard ons that we gave all the Jazz fans. <laughs> we talked about Dozen Bain and Dok again, but uh, Eric, um, uh, again, so you're, you're an NBA credentialed writer. Um, uh, you're you know you're thinking about the Jazz, which is kind of crazy because you know they they had a, they had a really fun first you know twelve games and everyone's like who are these Jazz and then they turned out to be who we thought they were. Um, but um, <laughs> you're you're there in California. You you probably cover a lot of Lakers and Clippers. Um, uh, uh, the Lakers, I mean, again, like they lose AD for, but AD was looking like an MVP candidate for the two weeks before he got injured again. Um, and that's just who you have to you know that's just kind of who you are when you have. Uh, AD on your team, right? You, you got to build in that he's going to miss some time. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about that. I, I really, I honestly think the Jazz, I think the two most interesting teams in the league are the Jazz and the Thunder with what, right. they're, what they're building and what their futures could possibly look like, especially if they can build around. They get a generational star in, in Wemby. Scoot apparently is like a, I haven't watched as much of him, but from what I, what I hear, what I read, He's apparently, you know, would be number one in, in most drafts, like above how a Kyrie many, level, above a John Wall level. Literally, right. like, how, he'd be number one. How many um, generational talents does the Thunder, like, they get SGA, they drafted Josh Giddy. 
they drafted um uh, Chet Holmgren. Uh, they got Poku, who's got it. like the, the Thunder have a really young, interesting team. Um, they will just have to start using those assets to like get better sooner than later. Um, and the Jazz are, I think the Jazz are sort of on that path, right? Like they did the same thing. Them and the Thunder just have a lot of assets in the league, and they're just they're they're you know they're they're trying to get drafted like Infinity Stones here. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. So uh, you know, like you either got, but the thing is, the Jazz are, and I think you're right. The Jazz are kind of this like weird spot, like. As a fan, you know, as someone who just talks about the thinks about the Jazz more than I want to, um, I, I would like to know what direction they're going to kind of go in because I can prepare myself uh, either way. Like we talked about, you know, like the more we talked about the Lax Veen and, and Cat trades, I just see myself talking myself into them if, you know, if it didn't cost the Jazz that much to get like a, a draft pick and if Colin Sexton is the best player you're, you're on the, giving to the Bulls Zach Levine, that's interesting to me. Um, uh, I don't know what to do for cat. Like the cat thing would just be kind of funny just to see them make another trade and, and see what happens there. Because uh, right now Minnesota is getting killed around the league for that Rudy Gobert trade. I, I want to um, ask and, you before before we go. I got yeah. I want to give you four names. The only my only question is, will they be on the Jazz after the trade deadline? Mike Ooh. Conley, Laurie Marketing, Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson. Those four guys. Who is on the Jazz and who is off the Jazz? If it, if it, after I, the trade deadline, if I had it my way, or like if I think the Jazz are a pro tank, I think Mike Conley and probably Mike Beasley, because um, uh, I think that the returns you can get for them could be really good. Uh, Marketing again, like I just don't think that it was in a pony. Like I think Marketing could be traded, but it would it would cost you, you know, a, a really young good player and draft picks, and I don't know if any teams going to do that. Jordan Clarkson, he's still weird. Like he's a guy that should be traded. Um, you know, just I heard they love him. There. They do. They love him. Like they, that's the thing is that Jazz fans, and it just might it might not be worth to get the future assets back to lose a locker room presence. But also, uh, part of Russell goes locker room presence is sometimes overrated. If you're not looking for, if you're not if you're not a championship team, I don't know if you need the locker room presence in there. So, um, but I think I think Clarkson and Markin are staying. And I think if the Jazz decide that they're going to tank, Malik Beasley and Mike Conley are guys that you can, you can really maximize your return on um, by trading them at the trade deadline. So, all right, I'll, I'll look out look out for that. Those two gone, the other two stay. Right, and uh, I think it makes it makes sense. You know, Beasley's they got that team option, but yeah. only one year left. Same thing with Conley, one year left after this. I think yeah. uh, I think that makes more uh, a lot of sense. Yeah, just I mean, just because like you know Beasley's played well enough that. Again, he's got a team option, and you know, we're looking at what the Jazz are going to be in 27, 28, 29, not 2020, you know, three. So, uh, you know, Beasley's just a guy that, you know, these are guys that I don't think. Marketing might be around 27, um, but again, it's just what are we going to do in two or three years? So, uh, but yeah, um, uh, Eric, Eric you, you can follow Eric here at Eric Sports. Uh, you are. You've been on Twitter so long that your name is Eric Sports. That's how good you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and then, um, uh, yeah, so if there's a big Laker jazz trade, come back on. We'll talk about the crazy. If there's a big jazz trade at all, come back on. I'm glad that, see, I'm glad that at least other people outside of Utah are thinking about the jazz and what they should be doing. So I feel like I'm a little bit less crazy when I'm pushing the narrative that I hate this jazz team so much. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but I got to ask you, what, what do you mean a big Lakers jazz trade? What about the famous will forever be thought about and talked about Patrick Beverly trade. 
<laughs> hey, that that has worked out really well for the Jazz too. Like Jazz, the Jazz, you know, like out of all the trades they made, you know, Pat Bev, THT, you know, Donovan, Rudy, like they they've done pretty well on trades. And so, yeah. Season, so um, uh, Pat Bev wanted to go to a winning team, so. So why did so you messed up on that one? Yeah, he may he may have uh, he may not have picked the right the horse there, but, but um, thanks for having me on. I really no, appreciate no, thank it. You. I'm, I'm glad you talking. reached out. There. This is fun talking about. You threw some names on there that I hadn't even thought about. Um, uh, but yeah, it's good to see. Like you know, I like I like talking about if the Jazz should tank or the Jazz don't tank and the other options they have. So and I'm I'm glad that I'm not the only one. I think the Jazz should tank. So that's awesome. <laughs> so all right, man. Uh, again, follow him at Eric Sports on Twitter. He's a NBA credential writer. Um, uh, he talks to the NBA teams. And if you ever hey, if you come out to Utah, we'll do this again live. So let's do it. And I got one favor to ask your listeners. I want everyone who's listening right now to go on Google, go on Apple, and leave a five star review for this podcast ah, because it's an awesome that. podcast, and I appreciate really appreciate you having me on. Pay my bills. I like it. Thank you so much, Eric, and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys. Next time.